touched on a lot of good points in the last interview about grief, especially around pet loss. And as we mentioned, many of you know that follow us online. Melissa's actually been dealing with a pretty heavy chunk of that lately. So we thought, why not continue that conversation for the rest of our listeners to get more in depth on communicating and processing that grief on the more metaphysical spiritual level and in order to do that we spoke to we spoke to my good friend charlotte chandler and charlotte is an animal communicator Mm -hmm. and a reiki master and she's just an all-around awesome human being she's she's (laughs) just she's just so sweet i i met her um, the same way that Melissa did, we we met at a class that Melissa was hosting a good couple years ago now. It's been a while. And so it was really nice to reconnect with her, get back in touch, and get an idea of what she was doing. And we hope that you really get to enjoy uh, the conversation that we had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so without further ado, here's the interview. you had me on I'm really glad to be here yay thanks. absolutely it's really exciting to have you here not not only to get to see you again because it's been a while but to talk about you know what we're going through today right exactly so um so Charlotte why don't you share with us a little bit about what you do um because we're going to be talking about animals today so let's awesome yeah well I work as a professional animal communicator and medium And then in my own life, I also work really intimately with horses and I work at a cat rescue sanctuary with um, cats with special needs and a lot of medical issues. So (laughs) I am a lot of the time too. Awesome. I love that. I love what you do. So um, let me share quickly too. Also, before I go any further, I should probably share how I know Charlotte. Um, so I was teaching or leading a psychic circle and both Charlotte and Regina <laughs> joined. Uh, so that's how I met these lovely ladies. And, um, Charlotte, do you mind if I share with you the, uh, the spirit guide that you met? Oh, please do. Do you yeah. remember that? I do. <laughs> so we did this one circle where I did a guided meditation where um, I wanted us to sort of meet our spirit guides mm-hmm. and to see, you know, and, and you know, most people that I've met, I can't say most people in the world because I haven't met most people in the world, right? But <laughs> most people that I've met, their spirit guides tend to be um, humanoid, mm-hmm. right? Most people. I'm a weirdo because my main spirit guide is more like an alien, like tall and right, gray right. with a cone head um <laughs> but I hadn't met that many other people who had as non-human uh spirit guides so to speak you know and 
so we did this spirit guide journey in our in our circle and Charlotte's spirit guide, who I saw clear as day and it blew my mind. Do you want to share? Yeah, he was a centaur. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was so meaningful to me too, to like have it so confirmed with you and in that space that I felt so like safe and safe to explore in. And yeah, I still, I call him in every time before I do a reading. So that really oh, was so meaningful to be able to really meet and connect through that circle. So, oh. I wish the circle was still happening right I now. Know. I know. I know. Same. I know. That's the thing. Like oh, the pandemic. The pandemic. And you yeah. know, I've I tried doing the circle over Zoom, and I'll probably do that again. But it's just, I mean, I know, you know, it, it's 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 great. It's its own experience. Yeah. You know, but there's something really extra magical about experiencing these things in person. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the circle and the seances. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I miss that collective work so much. I mean, I'm definitely, I have to say, like, I haven't been as, I've been having to really like light my own fire under my ass to do my solitary work because it flowed so easily when I would see the two of you and then feel so inspired after those circles and like, just like feeling your energies and like so much positivity. It was so easy to go home and like, want to do something on my own too. And yeah, I think that they both feed each other so well and without having the group, like I really feel it for sure. And this yeah. is this is definitely a read for the energy we're going to have for this interview where it's just like, we're all really excited to see each other and we've actively worked together multiple times before. So it's like, it's just really energizing to be like, oh my gosh, we're all here right now. Right, yeah, it's like <laughs> a mini circle. Yeah, almost. <laughs> Um, so, and, and part of the reason, um, why I wanted to have you on Charlotte. So, well, so as you know, we've been, we just started this podcast and, uh, I've been wanting to do, you know, more and more interviews and, but I really specifically wanted to have you on this time because I want to talk about a sensitive topic and I might start crying. So I apologize to all the listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but so uh recently I lost two cats. Yeah. And in the in the previous uh episode was our was another interview and we touched upon a little bit about animal communication. Um and I want to kind of go deeper with that with you. And so one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you, and I apologize if I'm sort of springing this on you. <laughs> during a podcast but this is just how I do um (laughs) but I have had some really really amazing tremendous experiences since losing these two cats and you know I I grew up on farmland so I've always been surrounded by cats um we've always just ever since I was born there's been at least five cats around me and uh and then when I went off on my own in the world I continued to just attract cats you know And, um, so, you know, I've always, we've talked, and we've talked about this before that we're both kind of like Dr. Doolittles, right? Totally. You know, and that we have this weird way of, and I believe I've talked about this, how we we're communicating with living animals. Um, it's not so much about using verbal cues. I mean, those are there. Yes. Sure. Right. But a lot of it is 
I mean, for lack of a better word, telepathy. Absolutely. Yeah. What were you going to say, Regina? I, I almost feel it's kind of like, it's on that sort of like, it's sort of like a sister experience to like an empathic moment. But since it's with an animal, it doesn't feel like a human experience, even though it can, but it's, it's definitely like, it's a very unique experience to yeah, have that, that tie. Yes. Yeah, really well put to like, uh, yeah, to like, tied into that empathic experience for sure there's something that just like flows about it that isn't mm-hmm. as yeah absolutely with our own animals for and sure it, and there's something that's like I feel like not language based in it no yes. you know and even though we have to translate to language in order to express you know for perhaps if you're hired you know to help heal a horse you know or what have you like you're going to have to translate to the owner into language but in the moment when you're having that one-on-one with an animal there's this I find um and you feel free to share like there's a sort of like I don't know if it's a it's like I want to use the word symbiotic Mm-hmm. I like that energy thing. It's like they have this energy transference, and you just have a knowing. I really think that that's a good description because when you have an animal, especially as a companion animal that's a part of your life, the balance really is symbiotic, both literally and metaphysically, because they might need you for you know food and shelter, but they also provide you with the comfort, the companionship, the emotional support. And so to take that then to that next level of that spiritual connection, I think is really accurate. Right. But he- <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so well said. <laughs> yes. Like that, um, that with, um, with the readings, it's really interesting because I think that really defines like who calls to you as your own animal communicator is, yeah, part of the job is translating into English so you can talk to this person because yeah, if we're having our own experiences with our animals, there's no need to then put that into a sentence or into a story in the same way. But of course, when we're talking to someone that isn't having that experience, we have to be able to explain it, which is, such an interesting and difficult thing too about like something that you're feeling that's so totally unique and maybe you've never even experienced before you've had this hit from this animal and yeah what, Melissa what you were saying about the knowing like I definitely for me like from our psychic circle I know that one of the strongest clairs that I use is claircognizance it's that and even um another friend of mine who does animal communication talks a lot about um, the language of it and really tapping into your claircognizance by even starting your sentence when you're sharing with a person by saying, I know, dot, dot, dot. Mm. And really like exaggerating it in that way. And like, so then therefore you're already kind of sharing the space you're coming from because it is that space of knowing as opposed to like, I think that this is what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Thank you for sharing wow. that. That's really powerful because you, and, and, you know, I do struggle with that. This, that, cause I think that that comes from the second guessing, you know, yeah. cause, oh, cause we absolutely. all struggle with that. Anyone who works anything to do with psychic or mediumship, be it with a human or an animal, 
we all second guess ourselves. And so there is power in saying, I know you're totally right. Because I do that all the time where I'll be like, I think, and I feel, and maybe, and I don't know, does this make sense? Yeah. (laughs) The the very non-committal phrases, like I'm trying to instead of I am doing yeah it's, yeah it's the statement of it like so, I know that this horse is saying right yes and that's something I mean I have to remember it and I so relate and I think that that's something so beautiful about like those of us who have who work actively on this level like um that is such a battle because part of it is that we are so open to questioning and open to exploration that we're even more open to say, I'm not sure, than someone who maybe is having their first experience. Right. Yeah, that's very yeah. true. <laughs> right. Especially it, when you might be newer or you might be exploring something new, like being that steadfast, like this is definitive, it definitely takes that extra step of confidence. Well, yeah. it's like the it's like the more you know, the less you realize you know. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You know, like, oh, wow, I don't know anything. No, exactly. (laughs) I think, though, that 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 kind of just makes me wonder. I would love to hear what is it like for you to have one of these readings or um, these moments with, like, a client? Or what exactly does a a regular session look like for you? Oh, fun question. (laughs) Well, okay, I'll just go a little, like, step by step. So usually before I get on the call with someone, I'll go ahead and have a few moments where I'm calling in my guides, my centaur guide, and other guides and guardians for sure. And um, I usually ask for the reading to be full of clear truth, clear love, and recently I've added also a Reiki concept, which is, um, and may it bring healing in whatever way is possible. And um, then I'll get on the Zoom. Well, lately, that's what it's been the past year, as opposed to in <laughs> um, But it's actually really great in a lot of ways. Um, doing distance readings and doing readings over Zoom are easier because I don't have any preconceived notions at all. Like, even when someone doesn't tell you about their animal, when you step into their house, like you can't help, you're not even trying to, but like, it's totally natural for you to start cataloging things and, um, and just having your own like judgments come in. So for me, I think a big part of it is like, I see myself, my biggest job really is to step out of the way and like, just say everything that comes through, even when it doesn't make sense to me. And so that's really easy when I am only just seeing a human on the other end. And I just have a picture usually of the animal. Um, I usually ask for that, but I often don't even have it up at the time. Um, And then I personally love to start the session by letting the animal share whatever they want to with us. And that's really powerful time because um, I can really, first of all, clarify with the person, especially if they have other animals in their lives. 
you know, sometimes it's like picking up the line. And I'm sure you guys know, like someone else might pop in. And so I really like to use that beginning time to share what I'm picking up on. So we can confirm that I'm definitely with the right animal and not their other animal or someone else who wants to chat. And um, I always leave time for people to have questions, but so often the animals already start to answer and touch on all those questions before we've even um, gotten to that portion of the reading. Um, so a lot of times I just let it free flow, start with the animal and then see how much we get. A lot. Sometimes we'll ask a lot of questions and sometimes they'll answer everything already. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> now, do you, um, do you get a lot of mediumship readings? I do. I would say I get almost half and half. Yeah. Oh, cool. Wow. Yeah. So I wanted to talk to you about the mediumship ones, um, specifically because uh, lately I've been feeling like I've been leveled up Yeah, and losing these two animals so like back to back. Um, and one of them blindsided me because one was Sam, who was a cat who he was an outdoor cat that I was in the process of trying to domesticate, but it was a near impossible. Like I brought him in 10 times and he, we just found a fourth place that he sprayed in the house. Yeah. You know? So that's, that was hard. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I kept hoping that I get, you know, getting closer to being able to save him. And I kept hoping I'm going to get him in before anything happens, you know? So that like blindsided me and I was like deep in grief mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and I'm sure you've experienced this where a client will come to you and is like, you know, why did my cat or animal, whatever kind of animal it is, like, why did my pet have to die? You know, and you have this thing and you want to have some sort of sign from the other side that they're okay. And so one of the things I wanted to ask you is like, what kind of signs do you tend to find them sharing from the other side? Mm -hmm. I love that question. It's, it, it's really varied, but overall, so much of what is shared, which is so beautiful and so true to who our animals are in their, in their physical life is that they're thinking about us and that they are really, you know, they feel that we're worried and that we're upset and there's so much peace for them. And and, but I will say that is varied. Like it's not, I would say the majority of animals, especially those, you know, I know that um, you've had two losses recently that were really different. And so yes. the ones where like you have a lot of time and there's a real awareness on the animals end that they're at a stage in their life that might be towards a transition. Mm -hmm. There's so much peace around that. And right. then for some animals, certainly the ones that I've talked to, that it was much more sudden. Mm -hmm. There, you know, there's still, it's been really interesting and sometimes difficult situations, but I definitely uh, picked up on animals who have the feeling of, um, I had so much more to do. Yeah, yeah. But there's still a lot of peace with that as well. Like- and that, that is so comforting and so beautiful to me, especially as someone who, 
you know, I'm only human, right? And there's so much comfort in hearing directly from them that like, that's what I think about when I wake up at 3am and I'm like freaking out about life like we all do. And then I'm like, remember like that whole conversation you just had and how that cat or that horse or that dog felt and like, and that's so true and so real. And like, you know, even if we don't understand how everything works, knowing that that conversation happens, like brings me so much peace too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think, I think that really is one of the hardest parts of this, of this process is when it's not expected or when you're, when you're trying to deal with something or you're trying to prevent something and to have it happen really out of your control. I think that's always when it's the hardest. Right. And I'm sure that that's, that's and a I, and lot I, of and I think that's probably mm-hmm. lots of the times when the most when someone like yourself is needed. Yeah. You know. Exactly. Um because you know, I know like with with my two recent ones, you know, Dublin was 17 years old and yeah. everyone who met him, I would say he's an old man, he's been sick for a while, he's still hanging on, but you know, we know any time now, you know. And so this is, you know, that's something that I've been preparing for since the I moved into this house, like what, four or five years ago or something. So it's, it's been, you know, that's been like there. And, you know, I've, I've, you know, I've shed a lot of tears about Dublin and I miss him. And, you know, there's like things that I, you know, it's, it's their little personalities. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's like the funny little things that maybe while they were alive, it drove you crazy. Like he would always open the drawer and pull the treats out. (laughs) drove me crazy now I miss it but the thing is like if you keep your eye out for stuff like that you might still sometimes catch it like that's the one thing with pets that I always got where it was like the patterns that they had I'd still see them right like especially when I was young like we had dogs that would pass and there was this one dog who had been a grandparent's dog that we had taken after they'd passed. And she was this old, old dog, but she always had this routine where it's like every single night, once everyone was in bed, she would circle the whole house and sniff every single door <laughs> and go to the, and check and make sure everyone was in bed. And even now as an adult, if I'm at my parents' house, sometimes I will still hear her I will just hear that pattern because she had long old lady dog nails. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when they just get to a point where it's like they're long and you're not, why stress them out by clipping them? Like she's just going to trot around the house anyway. And you would always just hear the click, 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 click. And then this like sniffing at the door. And it's like, even, even now, like decades later, I'll still, I'll still hear those noises at my parents' house. But the, here's the funny thing though. Like that's true. And I have had that experience with other kids, but when I, but I felt like with Dublin, he just went, he was, he's ascended. He just, he went like, as soon as he was gone, he was gone. I think that actually leads into this other thing I wanted to ask when you were talking about the different kinds of messages that you get and how there's variety and I'm kind of curious as to what kind of variety we, do you get when you see things like outside of the, you know, the acknowledgement of passing? Like, what do you see where it's like summer? Animals all have really different personalities and just instincts. And it's like, absolutely. It's like some of them are just going to walk on. Some of them are going to keep their patterns. Right. It's like, what kind of stuff comes through like that for you? Oh, that's, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's <laughs> think about So definitely there are really clear, like sometimes animals who have shown me that they've kept their patterns, 
I'll usually get it. Um, I get a lot of information through feeling and also picture images. And that's something that wasn't necessarily natural for me, but through the psychic circle, I really worked on it and it's been so helpful. And so I'll actually get a really clear image. Like um, there's someone I did a reading for not long ago, whose cat, I, I just got this image all of a sudden of the cat, like almost like a mink stole around her, around her neck. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I think your cat comes to you this way. Do you ever feel that? And she started like laugh crying and was like, that is what he used to always, I would walk around the house with him just like literally. And she would use the same word. She said stole, like that's how she used to describe him. And, and that's like animals will really bring us to, even though it doesn't come through in English it's interesting because I'll find that the words that I choose resonate exactly with what the person would have chose to. So right. really trust, yeah, I really trust the animals to like show me what I need to know to get the answer so that it makes perfect sense to their person. Right. And do you find like, cause I know for myself, um, with, so with, you know, when Dublin passed, he was, I, I, I was prepared. You know, it's still sad and I miss him and, and I cry, you know, but it's like I made peace with it. But with Sam, yeah. he was he was ripped. I feel like he was ripped for me. And there's a lot of like why I was so close to to housebreaking him, you know, um, and and I was I kept asking, like I knew he was here. Do you know when like you can feel it, but like you can't connect Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if you have a lot of um, clients or, you know, people who come to you who are, they're so grief stricken that the pet is trying to reach them and is trying to comfort them, but they're so like closed off by their grief that they're not open to receiving. So then you become sort of a mediator, right? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Really, really. You're so on point with that. And Absolutely. There's, I find that, um, there's a mix. There's both people that are so grief stricken that, um, and oftentimes we beat ourselves up, right? If I had only known, if I had only taken him in the day before and these thoughts like completely crowd our mind so that we can't get to that place that allows for just even that little window where they can come to us. We're so tied up in like beating ourselves up that we don't give any time for us to like hear that that's not true. And absolutely in my experience, like I even had, um, I did a reading recently for a horse and it was very, very tragic circumstance where, um, very sudden, sudden death. And the person was so, so upset. She couldn't get out of bed for days. And I remember sometimes animals will actually correct me as soon as I say something. And I said, like, um, I said something along the lines of like, you know, you probably never did anything wrong. And then I just heard in this voice, no, she never did. Like underline, never did. And so I I corrected that. I was like, no, you actually never, ever did anything wrong. And it, it really comes up actually those moments where they are really clear about the words I want to use are often with the people who are having the hardest time hearing them on their own. Mm, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I had this, um, 
had this strange experience, and I'm wondering if this has happened to you, where I, I, you know, because Sam lived in my yard, mm-hmm. I had a weird aversion to going to my yard after he passed. Like I just didn't want to be out there, mm-hmm. and so for days I would go out and then I realized, okay, I have to force myself out. So I went out and then immediately started crying because I missed him and I missed, but it was like one of those weird things of like, I missed him, but I could still feel his presence, Yeah, you know, but I was still grief stricken. So I wasn't connecting. And I just asked for a sign without even meaning to, like, it was, it just, you know, when those things, it just like your mind just goes to places, just give me a sign that he's here. And then I'm not crazy or whatever. And then boom, a hummingbird just came out of nowhere, circled around my head, like, hi, I'm right here. And then like went into the lavender and then zoomed off. And I was like, okay. So the skeptic in my brain goes, you have lavender. It's going to attract hummingbirds. This is just the thing that happens. It was a total coincidence. So stop with the nonsense. And then, of course, the medium brain goes, dude. It's like you asked for a sign. You asked for a sign. And that was the hummingbird was practically on your head. Like that was an obvious sign. And so I went, so then I, you know, and I, so went, I sort of went back and forth in that, went for a couple of days, asked for another sign. I'm staying in my living room. I'm looking out the front window, asked for another sign. Freaking hummingbird comes up and lands in his favorite potted plant right outside the window. (laughs) Wow. So I'm wondering, like, (laughs) I was like, I was like, it was going to be, it's a hummingbird again. Yeah. It's a hummingbird again. I love that. And that feels so clearly so symbolic too of knowing your yard and like, I, I hesitate to even call it a yard because I always just want to call it an oasis. Right. It's like a little forest, right? <laughs> yes. And like it's stem to stern. It yeah. is so full of life. Yeah. <laughs> and that just feels like so the absolutely what the sign of course would be. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and the hard thing is I totally understand where you're coming from, where you're like, it's so obvious it's almost like slapping you in the face. That you're like, yes. no, I don't even, I won't take it, but it's like literally this hummingbird is circling your head. <laughs> exactly. And it's, yeah, as if to say, like, I know you're not going to take this. So I'm going to make yeah. it so obvious that you can't fight it. And then I, I still know. fight it. Oh, that's, but that's, I think we're all susceptible to that. And I feel like it's like you mentioned, especially when you're grieving or I'm, I'm, I'm sure that you've mentioned not all of your clients are asking about animals for deceased. Sometimes they want more insight into their actual pets. So they might be wanting to correct something or to provide a better quality of life or to treat their pet better, or just build a stronger connection. And it's like, it's just like the magic stuff where we're like, no, that's not it. It's like you question yourself. And sometimes you really need that other person to just kind of step in and help bridge that. Oh, yeah, perfectly said, because I think so often, um, yeah, there's a fair amount of sessions that I do where um, everything we're bringing through is so beautifully confirming for the person. You know, some people are like, I didn't know any of this, but then there's a total section of people that are like, this is exactly what I thought. And I just couldn't believe it for myself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah which I find kind of amazing because I feel like that comes back to the whole, like, you know, I tell, as you know, I always tell all of my classes and everything that I truly believe that we are all psychic mediums and that it's, it's a birthright and that 
for whatever reason in our modern society, we lost touch with it. And not all of us, obviously, but some of us, but we can all find our way back to it just by practice, you know, and yeah, <laughs> I couldn't agree more. And I think, you know, speaking from totally being in the position of being like, oh, I would love what a dream it would be to talk to animals. I could never do that. And that's totally my reality and my job. And it really was about um, just pursuing, practicing it right for any career. Exactly. You could get an education on what you're doing. And right. so, yeah, it's just absolutely we're not. You know, there is no class in our elementary school for that, but I could only imagine <laughs> how fabulous it would be if there was, you know? Right? I know, I know. Just as like, yeah, I, I think about that actually all the time. Like, I like, they should teach meditation to kids. I, I, that's a whole nother topic. I know. But I mean, I'm not going to say I disagree. <laughs> but yeah, that's like a whole other thing, but yeah. It's yeah. definitely, it, it's definitely just like everything else we're always talking about. It's work. Right. It's it's work at the end of the day, whether it's yeah. shadow work, self-work, working on your relationships, working on your friends, your family, be they furry or otherwise, it's yep. all some kind of level of work. <laughs> right. So I have a, I have another question, uh, a couple another question to ask you. Yeah. Um, so what are your thoughts on reincarnation and pets? Ooh, really pets. In pets. Okay. So I personally, in my readings, haven't yet come across a clear sign that any animal has given me that like I am, was prior this pet. Although I will say in my own personal experience, I very much have felt like one of my dog, I don't know how to explain it. It's not even like, I feel like there was a full reincarnation, but I always felt like when I had this dog and they're nothing alike, but I always just also got the image of one of my childhood dogs. And then I have dreams even now where that dog is turning into the other dog. And it's like, they're the same dog, but you, they keep changing form. And so, and absolutely. I have other friends that have had, um, have had readings where that has come up. I haven't yet, but I have had readings where past animals have sent new animals mm -hmm. to their person. Yes. What do you think of like, cause for me, I guess even without thinking about it, it's like, this was just kind of like my instinct. It's like, for me, I almost see animals more as spirits in physical form like they're tied to the the earth they're tied to this world they're maybe maybe even tied to an element or a deity or some kind of symbology but it's like they're much more of a spiritual being that just happens to have a, a physical form so for me when I think like oh would an ant do I think an animal would reincarnate I feel like it's more of an idea of it's returning to something it had a purpose it had you know, a goal and in one way or another, it's done what it was here to do because right. it's all a part of that cycle and that process and the earth just keeps living and breathing and they're all a little part of that. Right. And I, and it's, and I, and I agree with that 
but I also, what you're talking about, this feeling of like, not necessarily full reincarnation, but almost sort of like an echo of a previous animal on a card. I was going to use the same word, echo. Yes. Right? Yeah. It's an echo. And I've been using, it's funny. I've been using that word a lot lately in mediumship and seance and ghost hunting type things, because I've been noticing that it's not always a fully fledged spirit manifestation, so to speak. It's Lots of times it's an echo, especially um, places, places that are haunted, I feel like, are lots of times echoes. Oh, for sure. But with animals, so, okay, so this is what, I had a reason why I asked this question. (laughs) (laughs) So I've been having this like weird experience where I feel like, and I don't even really know how to explain it, but I feel like, why not now and here, Um, where sometimes I feel like my previous cat. So, okay, here's one example. So I have this cat named Sage Mm -hmm. and she's a feisty little gray tiger, silver tiger. And she definitely has her own personality. I mean, Sage is Sage is Sage. You know what I mean? Like she's, and she's kind of an alien. Like she's got these really big eyes and she's always looking like as if she's like documenting her world around her and like sending it to the mothership, you know? And so she definitely has her own personality, but every once in a while, I'm like, Zoe's on her. And I, so I had this other cat for, who died several years ago, who was my like numero uno love of my life cat. And her name was Zoe. And she was half Persian, had long hair, a, a rotten personality. I mean, she was hated everybody. She growled at everyone. She spat, she scratched, but I loved her. And <laughs> And she loved me. So she never did that stuff to me. No, not always. But she it's but and, and Sage is way friendlier. But every once in a while, I'm like, Zoe is riding Sage. And I don't know how else to just de- like describe it. Do you know what I mean? Like, aside from riding, it's like I literally sense that she's just riding her. Mm-hmm. And I can interact with both of them through Sage's body. And and I kind of was like, and I've had this thought before where I've like, do cats come back or, you know, other animals? Mm-hmm. Um, and then recently, Lulu, you know, one of the new ones, and then Jasmine, I've been feeling Sam on them. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I'm like, that's part of why I wanted to ask. I mean, clearly it's not a reincarnation because they were born and they're, uh, you know, well before he passed. That's can't be reincarnation. Right. So I'm like, what is that? You know, what's interesting about that too, is that it's Lulu Momo, right? Yes. Yeah. Lulu Momo and Jasmine are both so young and I totally see why they would be such clear channel for Sam too, because they're so open and they did know him. Yeah, that's true. It's so interesting you say that because actually, while I haven't had that direct reading yet where I've been like, this definitely is your other animal from previous, there's countless times where animals will tell me about other animals that are in the house that are not present. Aww. Yeah. So that absolutely happens. And I think... um, you know, cats especially are these incredible, just in tune little portal alien beings. <laughs> and, and absolutely, like, I think 
more often than not, when you're like, my cat's just staring at nothing in the corner, like it's not nothing. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> Definitely with someone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think so too. And what was interesting, and um, I'm going to try to share this without getting too emotional, but so when, um, when Dublin was passing, um, so Dublin, I had rescued uh, two litters of cats uh, 17 years ago. And in one litter was Alex and Pharaoh. And then the next litter was Dublin and Belfast. And Belfast escaped way early on. He was just never meant to be a pet. Uh, but they had the same mom. Who knows if they had the same dad, but they all had the same mom. So they were like related. And as Dublin was passing, I felt Pharaoh because Pharaoh passed a couple of years ago. And it was like he came for Dublin. And and then there was this like really bizarre moment shortly before Dublin passed where it was like he was, you know, most people would say he was hallucinating, but I don't think he was hallucinating. Mm -hmm. I think he was seeing Pharaoh because he was having a conversation. He was mewing to another cat that, and you know, no other cat was there. And then even if had a full on meal, like uh, he started to eat Wow. and had a whole experience. And I was like, I mean, you know, I was bawling my eyes out and practically like full blown ugly crying, but he was having this whole magical experience right in front of me. And I was like, oh my God, this is wow transcendent right now you know truly truly and I absolutely can say I've had uh, moments with clients where their animals on the other side will show me another animal and um even most recently with the horse I was talking about earlier he immediately showed me this other horse and I was like is this a horse that you know and she was like I know exactly who that is. It's not even mine. It was my best friend's horse and she passed a little while before this, but they always were good friends. Like it's, they really are. It's so beautiful when you do get an insight into those connections and it's so inspiring and affirming and it's totally, totally. I'm so with you on that and on them having those moments. And I actually have either of you watched the, um, the series surviving death yet? No, I don't think so. Oh my God. Both love it. Um, I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. Okay. And it's really, I I think I've seen like a little of it, but not like, I think, you know, I'm not being like, I'm 100% behind all of it. I think so, you know, whatever. Well, I would love to chat with you guys after you saw it because I think yes. we have a lot to say about it. Okay. But it, there's one of, some of the episodes, actually all the episodes I liked the most were not the mediumship ones, which was funny. Oh. But they have a whole episode on um, someone who studies and cares for people in hospice and has put together a study on like those moments right before death and when they are talking to their loved ones and sharing all these experiences. And it's it's pretty, it's like across the board. He was just like, it was happening so much and I wasn't even intending to get into this. But it just happened with every single person. And how could I not start thinking about what this is? Because no one's talking about it. Right, right. And that's so true. And what's and what's interesting to me is how when um when my stepmom was she had cancer and she passed away. And and I went to be with my dad and you know, just be supportive. And we met with the hospice woman and she brought that up in a family meeting where she was like, just, just, you know, be aware that she, as she's, you know, in the 
preceding time, she will talk to deceased loved ones and it's totally normal. And they were all just sitting around like, and I'm sitting there like, this is mediumship, you guys, this is full blown mediumship. And you're all just sitting around and nodding like it's totally normal. I mean, right. and I guess it is normal, but like, can we not talk about the fact that this is mediumship? <laughs> yes, it's so incredible and so in front of us, like all the time, right? right. Yeah. Like we were just talking about, it's like you put that, people put that stuff off and they kind of, you know, explain it away. And it's like, it's like for these people who see it every day, they're just like, oh yeah, that just happens. Yeah. They're like, duh, part of the process. Like meet you at the gate. <laughs> you yeah. Know? yeah. And since other people are hearing it from like a medical person instead of a medium, they're like, oh, definitely. You're like, oh yeah, that's the thing that happens. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, um, if we should probably start to wrap it up, is this been a, an, a lovely chat with you though, Charlotte, thank you so much yeah, for, fantastic. for sharing I think, your time. I think us. a good way to maybe a good note to end on might be what advice do you have for people who either want to connect to their pets or mm. want to, you know, remember the ones that they've lost? Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. I definitely, just as we touched on, want to remind you that you absolutely are having conversations with your animal all the time. And I think we all can tap into that in one way or another. And even at the, you know, even if you just feel like that's so beyond your grasp, I think remembering that you can talk to your animal out loud and that you are making those mental images and that intention with your words. And so even if you don't feel fluent in communicating with them without words, know that they are like, they're so in tune, like you're projecting everything on a big screen all the time. (laughs) And it's really, yeah, I think trust what you're feeling, even if it feels weird and a like the more that you can say yes to that little inkling you get and just follow it, even if it seems wacky, you're telling your intuition, like, I'm listening to you, give me more. So just say yes to all those little things. Like, you know, I feel like my cat wants a treat all of a sudden out of nowhere. Like probably, yeah. (laughs) And, and especially with your past pets too, they absolutely, whether they feel really close to you now, or like so many too, that feel like, directly ascended they're absolutely available energetically for connection and a huge part of that is bringing them up in your day-to-day life thinking Mm -hmm. about seeing something and not being afraid of the feeling that it might remind you of them and let it be a celebration and not something that makes you feel sad that they're not there but feel they're here with me and I'm experiencing going on this hike that they used to love and like I'm bringing them with me and just celebrating and telling their stories is absolutely something that lights them up and brings them in. Uh, awesome thank you so much oh Charlotte that was absolutely beautiful that's a wonderful way to end it on (laughs) it's so so special to see both of you at least virtually and I'm so grateful to get to chat about all this with you it feels so good to be back with the gang so (laughs) thank you so much for sharing your practice with us and hopefully we all get to talk again really soon yeah Yeah, I hope so too and oh, hey, before we sign off, Charlotte, do you want to, do you want to promote anything? Yeah. Oh, 
sure. Yes. Well, you, if you do want to chat with an animal, you can check out my website, Charlotte Chandler, C-H-A-N-L-E-R.com. And I am horse magic on Instagram. And yeah, I think that's it. I mean, you can find everything through there and feel free to DM me, reach out. I'm very available for chats and all animal related fun. So yeah, <laughs> let's dive into it. So awesome. Much. Great. Thank you so much. That was our interview with my good friend, Charlotte. And so thank you so much, Charlotte, for joining us. And thank you for listening. Which tips? But I think that, you know, that definitely inspired a lot of ideas for which tips. So what are we going to talk about today? Yeah, so which tips? Okay, so... I think we're going to talk about how to deal with grief when we've lost a pet. And there's a lot of different ways to deal with it. You know, obviously with um, uh, interviewing Charlotte, one way to deal with it is to go to someone like her and hire her to sort of act as a medium, if you will, to talk to your pet and, and get that closure that you need if you need it. Yeah. Um, so that's... That would be my wish tip, is to call up Charlotte. <laughs> Work with her. Go to yeah. her. That's the tip. I, I, think that, I think that that's a really good way to approach it. If, like we talked about, you don't feel comfortable kind of bridging that gap on your own. I think that from my end, I think finding the ritual of it is a really good way to help you process, especially when it's really unexpected. Mm -hmm. And I've got a really good example of it, actually. Um... My partner's uh, family dog uh, got diagnosed with cancer a few years ago. And, you know, it's always the hard question to be like, do I put in, like, the time and the money and the investment to try and get, like, a few more months or years out of my pet and potentially put them through more suffering, or do I let them go? And they had to make that really, really hard decision. And they weren't expecting it at all. And the entire family was was really, really grieving, and it came out of nowhere. And... I kind of took a lot of my experiences where I had had sudden losses with pets and I find a way to ritualize the hurt. Mm -hmm. So what I did for them was I went and I got, you know, I went and I got them a plant for their yard. I got them an, I got them an annual plant so that it would, f but I got it for that season so that it would flower around the time of year when she would pass. And then I... And my partner, one of the things I did was I gave him a um, rose quartz and I just told him to keep it in his wallet for a week mm -hmm. and just think about his dog and think about, you know, what was lost and what he missed, but also what he loved about her. And after a week, what we did is we went back out to the plant that was in the backyard and we buried it. It's definitely something just like everything else that can be incorporated into a part of your practice to help alleviate some of that emotional stress. Yeah. So if anything ever happens like that, you know, think about how you can externalize those feelings so that you don't have to let them kind of choke you up from the inside. And, you know, don't, don't lose what you loved about them. That's just the nicest thing you can do for yourself. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's really a beautiful way to do it. And it it, it brought up a couple of things for me actually um, that I'd like to chat about Absolutely. for a moment um, before we sign off. Um, 
you know, the idea of, you know, you mentioned, you know, you have this rock and it has a symbol and, you know, and you have a, and you have a certain period of time where you do something. And I'm like, well, you know, we do that with people. We do. Because what's the rock? The rock is the tombstone. Yeah. You know, and, you know. You literally physically carve into it those right. intentions. Somebody who is more mundane might, like you said, they'd be like, well, it's not a person. Right. Yeah. I, like, I, I hear that so much. It's like, it's like well, it's I, not a person. Why I know. So I worried? hear that so much, too. And I also hear things like, I, I've had people legit say to me, and, and I have no disrespect to any religion that might believe this, but right. I've had people legit say to me that, you know, either... Well, one is that, well, oh, well, you know, well, now they're going to reincarnate as a person. So they're going to level up or whatever. And I'm like, well, I don't necessarily think that a person mm-hmm. is leveled up from my cat. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, that, and that's just my own personal take. Right. You know, so that, even though that person means it come as comfort, it's not really comforting to me, per se. Exactly. You know? And it, it's just, and that's the other thing, too, is like, allow yourself to grieve the way that you need to grieve. And don't mm-hmm. let anyone gatekeep your grieving because no. I've I know that my entire life I've always been a crazy cat lady, and <laughs> yeah I've heard <laughs> and I've most heard. most of the time I prefer my cats to most people and I think a lot of people <laughs> can relate to that, um, so you know but I have gotten a lot of, of shit frankly from people for how much I grieve and how and and it's not that I'm like wallowing or whatever but you know I'm just allowing myself to have that time to like process it and to let them go you know and. So, like, I think that would be another part of my witch tip is, like, yeah. don't force it. Absolutely. You know, like, as long as you're functioning, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's okay to be sad for a while. The loss of any companion, human, animal, or other, is, it's a heavy weight. Right. And there's there's a saying that um, I've heard many times because, unfortunately, I've seen quite a bit of, of loss in my life, and... One thing that I've heard that's always really helped me process it is um, death is not hard for the dying. Right. It's yeah. hard for those who are left behind. Absolutely. And that's that's our process to work through. And I've also had people say to me, just because <laughs> I can't even tell you, because I'm hearing it in my mind right now. I'm hearing all the voices of all the people who have said this to me over the years. You're a medium. Like, this should not be a problem. Like, why are you... And, and it's like, well... But that's like... That's like asking... That's like going to the dermatologist and being like, why why can't you fix my heart murmur? You're a doctor. Yeah. It's like... But, but even so, I think their point being that I know that, you know, because of the experiences that I, I've had, I know that it's not the end, you know, and I know and I know their energy continues on and I can feel their energy. Right. And that I should, you know, take comfort in that. And I do eventually, but it's like... But my point is just... Like, don't feel like you have, anyone needs to, like, rush your grieving process. Yeah, and that's exactly what my takeaway was from the way you said that. I'm yeah. like, nobody should be allowed to tell you how you should or shouldn't feel. Right, regardless of what your profession is. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, you know, and, and um, so, yeah, so... So I think that's kind of like what this whole, if, if this episode has a theme. <laughs> and if this episode, and, and the reason we're talking about it like so gently is because it's like, we know that this episode is probably going to resonate with a lot of you. And we want to have this be a safe space to not only process our hurts, but your hurts. So, you know, this is kind of a tender episode where, you know, we really want you to have that space to kind of just think this through and process it and, you know, be kind to yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And pay attention to the signs because they will 
definitely talk to you and and don't dismiss them (laughs) (laughs) all right and with that we close the circle